The guests on Love Hurts occasionally use some adult language and go into some more intense subject matter, but that's kind of how real life works anyway. This is Love Hurts. I'm Brian Berlin. Today's guest is Felicia O'Hara. Felicia is a teacher and storyteller living in Brooklyn. After 17 years of being with her husband, Felicia chose to end her marriage and become a single mom. She loved getting to live both her single life and mom life, but that whole dynamic changed when one of her daughters suddenly got leukemia. Hey, Felicia, how's it going? Hey, Brian. It's going well. Yeah, thanks so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Uh, are you are you feeling good about sharing? Are you nervous? Are you, are you doing okay? Um, I think as, you know, I'm a public school teacher, so <laughs> I find myself having to share yeah, All you're time, used yeah. to just sharing in front of classrooms, which I guess this isn't quite a classroom. Right, and you're not a middle schooler. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> you don't have Although to Although like, we all are middle schoolers, maybe, that's on true. the inside of it. Uh, cool. Well, yeah, what did you want to talk about today? Uh, so this story is not about middle school and not about teaching. Um, the story actually starts with what I think of as the best time in my life. Yeah. Um, and that's when I was living a single life, um, <laughs> a single woman, uh, a single mom. But actually, this was later in life, and I think most people experience their single dating years because um, I was in my late 30s. Okay. Uh, I had been with my husband for 17 years. We met in college uh, when I was 19, and I finally left him in 2015. It, it was really... It was a glorious time. Um, <laughs> I, you know, and at first it did take a while to leave him. I'm, and, and I knew for a long time that the marriage was unhealthy. Yeah. It's not a story about us. Um, but, you know, because we met in college, I think you don't know when you're young, like what you can tolerate. He was very controlling. Um, but, you know, I think, too, and we had kids. Uh, so that complicates even if you know. In fact, I knew when I was nine months pregnant with my second child, I knew that my journey would be leaving. And okay. uh, yeah, so, yeah. you know, my kids were turning eight and three at the time. Uh, and I didn't want to give up that image of family. You know, that silhouette of the, the two caregivers, slightly taller, one slightly taller than the other, and <laughs> the two little people, like the cake topper. Yeah, that's on like the back of somebody's minivan. Like, yeah, like. yeah, no, I'll, I always think about those stickers. Those, yeah, yeah like, I'm like, yeah, my sticker doesn't look like that anymore. Yeah, like that's <laughs> no longer your car, is right. that thing, and you're like, yeah, I guess it's like that idea of it's built into us just by the nature of like... I don't know, American values or whatever, that this is like failure, right? Like, right. And, and kind of being like, oh, well, I don't get to have this perfect sticker set anymore. Exactly, right. But, you ha you know, after, and I tried, you know, I tried to keep it going. But after a couple years of counseling, a couple years of ultimatums, um, and he did not want to end the marriage either. So um, I ended up, I just did it. I just put down a deposit on an apartment. And I told him the date that the movers were coming. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> and uh, then we did, though, once he realized that, you know, I wasn't going to change my mind, then we drew up an agreement. Uh, we decided to share our time equally with, yeah. our, with our kids. Uh, so we, we split the week in half. So essentially, like, 
Yeah, Monday through whatever. Wednesday, Wednesday yeah. Thursday. Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah. Wednesday is like our big switch day. Okay. <laughs> um, so, it, and you know, it's funny because even though I was holding on to this idea of family, my family and my friends, they actually very much supported this breakup. Okay. <laughs> even applauded it. <laughs> um, so, you know, the, they all knew like how unhappy I was. Um, my friends and coworkers, they even pulled together um, funds for my furnishings because I had left in a rush, <laughs> essentially. Yeah, yeah, and I yeah. left him the bed, um, the couch, the TV. Uh, the only thing I took was this glass round table. Um, I left the chairs because I didn't like the chairs he picked to go with the table. <laughs> so I left a dining room that was filled with chairs with no table. And, you know, I remember my friend, Rachel, she came over and helped me assemble those chairs for the dining table these bright green chairs that i like decided to have because you put around the glass table yeah um and you know everything was green at at that time in fact i actually moved out on saint patrick's day okay (laughs) so So it was actually green just people decorating around the whole memory (laughs) is you know spotted with green and the grass was greener uh when i think of that time i think of picnicking with my kids. Uh, I had moved to what I think is the loveliest part of Brooklyn, um, Lakeside, near Prospect Park. Yeah. Uh, so, I, I, I mean, literally, we were picnicking, and my daughter tapped me on the shoulder, and she pointed out to the lake, and there was a mother swan adrift with her two downy baby swans on her back. Um, I remember the cherry blossoms were in bloom in the spring of being a single mom, Uh, And, you know, we'd run around, we were barefoot, then we got to go back to my house, uh, which was just great. It was my first apartment on my own, because I had been with with this person since college. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So you're kind of experiencing both a lot of things that people experience for the first time as an adult, but then a lot of things kind of like as almost like this new mom. Yeah. And the best part was having my own time with my kids. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. you know, making decisions and just being with them and being able to be myself with them. Yeah. So the best part was, you know, having my own time with my kids. But there was other fun stuff. Uh, so a couple months later, I started dating. Okay. And, you know, it's funny because people said, oh, you're not ready yet. You know, it's too soon. But I knew that I wasn't looking for another partner. Yeah, for like the things that you're needed at that time, you're like, yeah, this is totally fine to be dating. Right. So it was just it was a lot of fun. Uh, And the dates would happen, of course, during the time when my kids were with their dad. Yeah. And, you know, I feel like I have to say that because even though being a single mom was great, there is judgment. And, you know, like any new identity that you're getting comfortable with, um, you realize that you also have to settle up with certain social stigmas or expectations yeah again going back to that like what um like this american family system and what people yeah because if since you were the one who was like this is what i want you're breaking up this family i guess and i think too uh it didn't help that while i loved my apartment i lived above a family that owned the building okay and like when i brought men home or when i first when I had my first one night stand ever. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I had this person creep out before dawn 
you know, uh, softly walking on the steps so that my neighbors wouldn't hear yeah. oh, as if I were in high school or something. Yeah, again. yeah, yeah. Like they were your parents and you were trying to not <laughs> let them know you had a boy right. over. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and uh, I started, you know, I noticed too the moms as I got to know them on the block, like because we were still parents altogether. Yeah, you still have that common bond. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, you know, my kids weren't there half the week. So eventually, like, I would answer questions about that. But I started to realize that maybe their stares and questions were not judgments but perhaps intrigue or even jealousy <laughs> like perhaps they were imagining what their life might yeah, be like you were this fantasy life that like oh you could just have this fun time both with your kids and kind right. of on your own right yeah. right i mean it is it is kind of a sweet deal in yeah. that sense <laughs> yeah. for sure uh so um you know by june i certainly i had found the balance and uh it wasn't just dating season. It was also birthday season for both my kids. Okay. Yeah. They were both born in June. And, uh, you know, so I had found this like baking dating balance because I had, I met my husband before the internet existed. And now there was Pinterest. Yeah. And OKC. <laughs> and it was 2015. So Tinder. Um, and, you know, I was literally able to whip up birthday cupcakes and right, left swipe. <laughs> um, and, I was single, though. So doing those tasks, you know, there was no one to do the dishes. So I was up till 2 a.m. swirling pastel icing into the shapes of the different Disney princess dresses um, for Lena's birthday. That's my younger. Okay. Um, And of course, because, you know, right when I was moving out of my marriage, she was moving into her princess phase. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, She was turning three and uh, she wanted a Disney princess party for her birthday. And you know, I, I was not feeling it. I was starting to feel confident as a single mom. And to me, the Disney princesses were codependent husband hunters. <laughs> yeah, you like <laughs> weren't okay with the messaging that was being thrown out by the Disney princesses, basically. Right. They're trying more now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I still feel like at that time that they, you know, the message was yeah, marriage you have to find or a husband. partnering. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I think even Mulan, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and you're in your like very powerful single mom phase, and you're just like, I'm anti Disney princess right right now. Yeah. But it was her birthday. (laughs) Yeah, you have to like make some sacrifices for your three year old. (laughs) Yeah, so we did it, and she dressed as Princess Lena, which I liked. She created her own princess princess. (laughs) So this like poofy pink, shiny dress. Um, It was great, but I still planned. You know, after birthday season, I was going to shut down this princess phase ASAP. Yeah. <laughs> it was going on a little long. It is a real thing, though. My older daughter went through it, too, but she yeah. it was quick with her. Um, but, you know, and actually what I didn't know is that Lena's what I now call her full blown coronation was actually coming because uh, at her older sister's party two weeks later, um, which thankfully was a Minecraft theme. So <laughs> those cupcakes are much easier. Yeah, it's pixels. Just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, the thing was, though, Lena was so sleepy and she was known for being energetic like a puppy as a kid. So she just was in her stroller the whole time. Um, and so I took her after the party, I took her to the pediatrician and she tested positive for strep. And three days of antibiotics later, her fever was still 103 degrees. Wow. Um, so, you know, I called the doctors. But it was the weekend, and they had me take her to urgent care. And urgent care said she looked anemic. 
and they had me take her to the ER. She was wearing a blue Cinderella nightgown this whole time as I'm, you know, <laughs> trekking her around in the stroller. Um, and, you know, they actually, on that night in the ER, they diagnosed her with leukemia. Wow. Yeah. And uh, it was the first day, I think, of summer vacation. Um, and this is your first... So this would be your first summer as a single mom, right? Like this is yeah, yeah. and and as a teacher, I mean, you look yeah, you forward have, to yeah, summer yeah, vacation, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's such like a rush of grading papers, getting grades in, and for me, also having birthday parties like right yes, before that everything happens. is happening, kind of, and at you're once. like waiting for that day, and you know, it was also her sister's actual birthday, yeah, uh, and yeah, by Monday we were by the end of that day, Monday we were admitted to NYU's pediatric ICU. And uh, they took her princess dress off. They put her in a hospital gown. She was getting her first dose of chemotherapy through her spine. Man, whoa. And uh, it was, of course, nightmarish. Uh, Your kid is just having the time of her life at her birthday party and now is ill and getting these like painful treatments. Yeah. Like, does that happen? And it seems like it happens so quickly where it's almost hard to process it, right? Like, you're just kind of like, the doctors are probably just saying like, you, they, she has to do this, she has to do this. And you're just kind of like, okay, but you're not really catching up almost to what's happening. Right. No, it's it's completely surreal too. So um, you're wondering if it's happening. Yeah. Also. Yeah, that's kind of what I meant. Yeah. It's like, then- you can't fully be like, what is this? Right. And you're not sleeping. You yeah. know, I think we were awake for three days at least straight. And, um, you know, you you want to be able to take time to, like, explain it to her, but you can't. Like, there wasn't really – and she's sleeping. And so it's like you want to say, like, why? You know, no one's trying to hurt you. Yeah. Um, You're sick. You know, and eventually we got to talk about that. But those first few weeks, um, thankfully um, – there were these amazing people, though. Um, they're called child life specialists. Um, they do that work for you. Yeah. Uh, they study medicine and child psychology. Wow. And, uh, you know, I, I was pretty sure they also took semester-long courses in all things Disney. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, another surreal part of the experience was that the Disney princesses came with us <laughs> somehow <laughs> to the hospital. Um, and so... You know, the child life specialists would wave magic wands to distract Lena while she was getting shots, and they would have lanyard with magical things hanging from it. Um, and then there were music specialists, and they would strum the Disney slow jams um, to help her <laughs> sleep and helped us sleep, of course, too. Yeah, wow. Uh, so, you know, it was also surreal, of course, because um, their dad was now there with us. Yeah, it went from almost never seeing him to basically probably seeing him nonstop. Well, right. After um, the doctors sat us down, um, after a few days, they, they sit you down. They they tell you sort of what the prognosis is. And um, they said it could be months or years of treatment that would be taking place. Wow. Um, you know, they don't really want to be too certain or optimistic or, or too pessimistic. It's... Um, so it is very ambiguous. Like, you don't really – it's hard to have a plan. Uh, but we decided, actually, that we would keep our schedule. And, you know, it, I always think, like, wow, I'm grateful that we had split up before this happened because um, 
that half the week made sense because one of us had to be in Brooklyn with our daughter Kai. Yeah, yeah. And one of us always had to be in the hospital. And so that's what we did. We would switch places on Wednesdays. And in some ways, the kids were even better prepared because they already, yeah, they had already had... been living on that schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, what we lost, were we lost our independent time. Yeah, yeah. Th- that we had both gained in the separation. Yeah, you no longer were like, oh, I can go on dates and just kind of be my own person now. <laughs> right, no. Um, we were taking turns, you know, sleeping on a recliner next to Lena's hospital yeah. bed. So, uh, you know, they... He, well, he was a tech person, so he could work from home, and I was a teacher. So he was sort of working in the hospital, too. And then I was just there, you know, caring for her. But I couldn't be a teacher. I yeah. definitely had to take an unpaid sick leave. Um. So, uh, yeah, I'm essentially sharing a 20 by 20 medically equipped dorm room, right? Uh, So we also shared this narrow closet that was stocked with his size 12 shoes and his grooming (laughs) kits. And, you know, I was... Yeah, so you'd be like living out of that when both of you were there, but then your stuff would kind of just be there when you weren't there. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Right. I mean, I even like had to scoff at his dark, coarse beard hairs in the bathroom sink again, like when we were married. (laughs) And, you know, I mean, when we switched places, when we did this, like, changing of the guards, he would, he would try to tell me where to put things and what to do. And just like when we were married. Um, so I would remind him that, you know, this was Lena's room and this was her, her experience, you know, not his, not ours. Uh, but it, it wasn't just Lena's room because we were sharing this space with an entire pediatric staff. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, obviously there was no more dating. Uh, I actually shut down my Tinder account. Um, I had forgotten about it, but I had to shut it down because several doctors down the hall were coming up as being less than 0.1 mile away. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a whole new Tinder for do- like just hospital Tinder. <laughs> I mean, admittedly, there was a very attractive yeah, I'm, anesthesiologist, I'm, 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 but of course I'm not thinking about yeah, that. Like I'm yeah. thinking about totally. my it's sick kid but um and you know and my status had changed from single mom to cancer mom yes and there was then that you know that comes with its own societal expectations uh parents or caregivers um you know of people that are sick or dependents that are sick they're sort of expected right away to be pure of heart and yeah. moral yeah <laughs> But are not necessarily right. I mean, yeah, because like people are flawed and not perfect, and like, <laughs> right. So like all these ethical expectations of single motherhood are then like compounded by having a sick kid. Yeah. Um, although I do think that when you are the recipient of benevolence, like there is maybe some responsibility. You know, when people went out of their way to be helpful. Yeah. And th- the same when I had split up with my husband. You know, so in both cases, I did feel obligated. To, like, give back and to be good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, but it certainly was, like, a, a shift in status. Um, but, you know, it was Lena's status, though, that was the most important. So a lot of these ideas I think of retrospectively, but at the time, it was about her. And you Yeah, just... your brain is just working in this one track. Like, everything is about doing whatever I need to do for my daughter. Right. And I don't... You know... I almost hesitate saying this because I don't know if it's everyone's experience, but my experience was just I was like right away, she's going to be okay. She's going to be okay. She's going to be okay. And okay. I, I just wanted to make it almost like fun for her. I didn't want her childhood to be totally stripped from her in this hospital room because yeah. she was isolated because of she was immunocompromised. Okay. Okay. Um, 
So does that? So her? So could her? Her sister? Could she come and? That see was her? actually one of the hardest parts. Is very infrequently. Okay, because of the fact that of yeah, the- and kids especially were not. Um, you know the best visitors yeah um because she was going to school and then once september started right so um, yeah so that's got to be tough for your other daughter just to like not have her sister around and not kind of i guess know what's going on right. but not like fully be able to be a part of that right and I, I mean it was tough for my my older kid and that'll be her story for sure yeah. someday and you know but i think it was just isolating for everyone yeah um and also, just in the beginning, too, we didn't have Kai around too much because that was the the worst time. Lena didn't speak at all for the first few weeks. Oh, wow. And she was a very talkative toddler. Like, she spoke early, and um, her eyes were almost swollen shut from the medication. And, of course, as most people anticipate, like, her curly hair was falling out in tufts on her, on her pillow. Yeah. Um. So, you know, what I did was I embraced the princesses <laughs> and all things Disney with, you know, the amazing staff, like the nurses and the patient care technicians. We all came together and the child specialist. And then we, you know, we put Disney princess stickers on every bare wall space in her in her room. Uh, I put a photo of her from that princess party right on the wall near her chart so that when the doctors and nurses would come in, they would see. Like, yeah, like that version of her. Mm-hmm, who they were saving, right? Because she, you could not see that version of her. Yeah. Um, in those first few weeks, especially. Uh, you know, I also bought like a dozen of those princess nightgowns. Um, and I cut them up the back so that they could still access her Oh, like her turn body. them into like Hos- the yeah. hospital gowns. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, and, you know, it, it did actually begin to work, this princess effect. Uh by the second month, Melina was laughing and singing Let It Go <laughs> uh, in her shimmery Elsa dress, um, you know, her eyes shining, her bald head gleaming. <laughs> um, but uh, she was, you know, she was isolated, though, in her room. So we actually, we watched every Disney movie. <laughs> <laughs> Just going through the full collection. Oh, and well, you know, a pediatric hospital's uh, DVD library is rather uncurated. Yeah, it's got a- <laughs> <laughs> um so uh there were a lot of choices this is before uh, you know netflix had just really started like the streaming boom okay so yeah. we didn't really have our laptops we literally were like putting dvds yeah. into a tv the wi-fi was also terrible in the hospital um so you know we we watched all of them and when you're stuck up we were on the ninth floor uh, and so, and there was also construction going on outside. And so at some point we couldn't even see the East River anymore, which was at first like a nice, <laughs> yeah, you know, you're one have. like yeah. pro of this whole scenario is, oh, we have a view. And then it's like, no. <laughs> right. Um, so, you know, you, you actually realize, or I realized, and maybe Lena did too, that all these princess stories are about confinement. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> you know, very true. Yeah. There's a uh, because Cinderella, you know, she has her attic lockup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, Sleeping Beauty's forest imprisonment, and you know, of course, Rapunzel. Yeah, like in the, the tower. Yes, like the, that's Tangled, right? That's or that version. Yes, that's, Tangled was yes. our go-to. Yeah. <laughs> actually, um, I, yeah, because I mean, for me, it was actually cathartic. 
to watch someone, you know, these princesses having these isolating experiences. Yeah, is it kind of like you're you're seeing these movies in a different light now or before they were like, <laughs> yeah. I just hate these, these are annoying. <laughs> right. And now you're like, oh, wow. Like, right. I had to accept. Like I'm experiencing a level of what is happening in these movies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, of course, though, the princesses kept getting hitched. So, yeah. you know, I'm watching <laughs> and then they still get married and it seemed a bit mocking. Um because, you know, I mean, the worst was Princess Sophia. She was, like, new. <laughs> Which, who, who is? She's actually a child. Okay. And um, her mother. What movie is this from? It's a TV show. Oh, it's a TV show. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, but they did have, they had DVDs of the TV show. Okay. And um, her mother is a baker's widow who immediately remarries a king. <laughs> <laughs> like, to get her kid princess status. Okay. Because so, that's what a better life is. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so then, um. You know, I was, though, I was very pleased to watch The Little Mermaid 2. <laughs> like I said, we watched every yeah. sequel. And uh, in that film, uh, Eric and Ariel are actually separated. Oh, really? Yeah, land and sea. <laughs> and they actually had problems, mostly orchestrated by Ursula, who's still the who's villain. Who's still around, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, of course, they get it together, right, for their half-mermaid yeah. child yes. at the end of, of that. Um, and, you know... The patient care technicians and the nurses, they would come in, they would watch a little Disney domestic with us. <laughs> and I mean, they would ask frequently, do you think you'll get back together with her dad, you know, now that she's sick? Man, what a what an intense question for just like these medical people to be like. <laughs> you are living with them. So, I, yeah. you know. No, but it's like, then... it's such an, it's such an interesting question. Like it's. I feel like it's something that you wouldn't really think of, but it's weird that that's where their brain, like, that's the question they're asking. Right. Because in my head, I wouldn't be like, oh, these two people are going to get back together now. Especially with your lives being so separate still, right? You're still, like, Mm -hmm. on your own, like, I'm here, and then you're here, and then... Right. And, I, you know, I think, again, it goes back to that when your kid's sick, there is kind of this expectation that you, you stop living, and you abandon yourself and your wants yeah. for bigger values. Yes. And yeah. so then... Yeah, I guess it's going... Yeah, it's again going back to like, well, this is what is the script is. Right. And, you know, they maybe thought that maybe being a family and being together um, was more important than being separate given the, the circumstance. Yeah, or that this event would like make you realize you both loved each other all along or something <laughs> right. some, like... Yeah, like <laughs> I mean, there was a moment where he tapped me on the shoulder and said, like, if there's anything to show that we maybe made the wrong decision, this is it. But then, but then, like, you know, then yeah. we weren't around <laughs> each other that much. So we did not, you know, at that time explore it. But I mean, no, even my my family and some of those supportive friends, they actually assumed maybe oh, yeah. we would so get back together. So it was like everyone together. was kind of doing that thing the doctors were doing of like, so this is going to happen again, huh? Right. And I, and I guess, too, that made me start to feel but or or think really but not feel that maybe that was what i was supposed to do yeah not so much that you what you wanted but like oh this is the right move for the scenario mm-hmm. yeah or just you know that's what princesses did maybe yeah, i was yeah, just now that you, inundated yeah. <laughs> yeah you would watch way too many of these yeah. movies and now you're just like oh i'm one of them now right so i i mean and also on a practical level i wasn't working yeah. Um. I didn't really know for how long, and I really could barely afford 
my own castle before yeah. this happened. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Um, there were reasons why I went sort of back and forth um, in my thinking about it. But my friend, my friend Rachel, who is the same friend that helped me assemble oh, yeah, awkwardly there, shaped yeah. green chairs <laughs> from Ikea. <laughs> um she, you know, I told her that I was maybe even considering going back and maybe even living with him, maybe not getting back together, but maybe we needed to cohabitate oh, to like, again yeah, to help ease. Right. The... Um, yeah, like the financial burdens, yeah. et cetera. And she she said, no, fuck that. <laughs> yeah, like very clear of like, this is not what right. you need. She's not a princess. And she, yeah. and <laughs> so she she started a fundraiser and, you know, after those first couple of months, she had raised enough money um, specifically for me and like my leave of absence. Yeah, and just like your living illness. expenses, basically. Right. So that I could keep my apartment and um, keep things going that way while I was in the hospital caring for Lena. Um, so thankfully, <laughs> you know, she like she's a king. <laughs> like, you know. Yeah. Um, and, you know, in time, the hospital staff, they got to know my ex-husband and they stopped asking. <laughs> if you're going to get back yeah. together. Um, and our time did turn out to be shorter than the doctors anticipated. Uh, five months oh, after yeah. the diagnosis um, on Halloween, actually. <laughs> um, everything is, you know, bookended by holidays yeah, this is here. Like fully built around holidays. <laughs> uh, but Lena, she dressed up as Rapunzel. From okay, Tangled. so she was still right. going like full. Yeah, and she literally walked out of the hospital tower. Uh, that yeah. was our last day of her stay at the hospital. Um, and she's, she's been cancer-free for three years. Um, but is still a princess. Although She's yeah. still she's still like in the princess that hasn't <laughs> gone fully away. Yeah, her sister and I are definitely trying to dethrone her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, and I, I can see the end of it. Yeah, and actually, you know, we... Um, very, I mean, we were so lucky. Just, you know, yeah. not everyone, we, we saw other families there and not everyone had the same outcome. Um, I am still a single mom. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think that I'm I'm better for it. Uh, and it's it's almost as if I don't really buy into the whole, like, things happen for a reason uh, philosophy. However, I do feel that her having had cancer and that interrupting the freedom of single motherhood that I experienced, I think it made it made me more certain that, that you were yeah that in that, the right place. Mm-hmm, like yeah, like I was gonna say, I guess it's like again, not that this you you'd ever be like, oh, this happens for a reason, but like yeah, I guess you really get tested being a single mom in that type of scenario, right? Like, that is, yeah, like, your initial thing of, oh, yeah, this is fun. I get to be a mom half the week, and then I get to be, like, just this woman out in the world experiencing life half the week, and both of these things are equally great. And then seeing, like, this not-so-great thing and having to navigate that as a single mom and getting on the other side of that being, like, great, I have probably more power and strength and all this stuff than I realized going into this thing. Right. That I didn't go back. Yeah. That I didn't back down. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like being told like, hey, are you sure? Like, really? And yeah, then like, you're like, yes, Yeah, like you can go back if you want <laughs> yeah. to. And then you're like, no, I'm okay. Right. 
Um, and, you know, Lena is moving out of that princess phase too, but we, we did go to Disney World. <laughs> but we didn't, you know what, actually make a wish. That's what I was so grateful for too is like, you know, they paid for us actually to go on a trip and we actually talked her down. <laughs> From Disney. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we went to Hawaii. Ooh. Yeah. And they sent us all. They sent, oh, you know. that's great. And they got us um, separate. Rooms? Ha- yeah. Separate, actually separate hotels. Oh. Yeah. So that we could, we actually still sort of maintained our schedule yeah, your, your in split, Hawaii. Your split time. Right. But we did, we did, we came together for dinners and for all of the um, like adventures that they sent us on. And we made sure to like have dinner every every night with the kids together but it was nice of them to still like be let a, us experience Hawaii as individuals going back to that thing you said initially with getting this divorce of not wanting to lose that family dynamic it still seems like you're able to have that in a way where it's not you're separate but can have that like coming together at times and it's okay at times yeah yeah not <laughs> yeah. like yeah not that you'd want to be doing this all the time but yeah you it not that it's like a perfect system in any way, but mm-hmm. it feels like you're doing pretty well with it. Mm-hmm. And I think too, being being in a hospital is also you're pretty vulnerable. Yeah. Um. So I have now for sure like put those societal expectations aside. Like I don't have to be a good girl, you know, yeah. because I'm a single mom. Maybe because I'm a teacher. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. Those yeah. are other expectations <laughs> that you have to be like living up to. <laughs> Um, so, you know, that I feel much more like stronger in that constitution. Yeah. Yeah. I guess the fairy tale ending would have been like ending up with the anesthesiologist, right? Like that could have been like the other, the alternate. Right. Some people do ask like, well, why didn't you just find a doctor? My dad even, you know, (laughs) but you know, I mean, I'm, I'm comfortable. Yeah. That's, I guess it's like, you still have that, the things that you had before that you felt great about. You still have that Mm -hmm. now. I think recently my status has now changed to um, dog mom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> while on sabbatical, I got a puppy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, which, you know, that brings its own uh, obstacles in dating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's uh, yeah, that's a whole new chapter that you're, you've opened up. <laughs> I guess you got to keep, you always got to keep like it interesting. And R- right. Yeah. Keep people on their toes. I think, too, as a teacher, I always need something to train or yeah, teach. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. uh, cool. Thank you so much for sharing. <sighs> Thank you, Brian. It's it's really great to just be able to, you know, share stories with people. Yeah. Like, this is so I mean, cool. That's what I love what you do. Doing. That's yeah. why I do love doing this is because I love hearing people's stories. And yeah, I, I you did a really good job sharing it. Um, yeah, people, I don't know, want to follow. Do you have like anything that people can follow you on or you want people to follow you on or anything? <laughs> it's okay if you don't. It's okay if you're just like, I'm I just good. got into storytelling. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, outside of the classroom. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, at some point, but, you know, for now with the teacher and yeah, that's your main identity. Those are your main identities. Social media. Yeah. (laughs) Well, yeah. If, if you're around New York city, you might see you somewhere at a storytelling show. Yes. Hopefully. Yes. Yeah. Cool. All right. Thanks so much. Thank you. This is how we love. This is how we fight for something. Love Hurts is produced, hosted, and edited by Brian Berlin. Theme music by Mickey Hommel. Show art by Caroline Mallon. 
You can find Love Hurts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like the show, rate and review it on Apple Podcasts and tell a friend about it. You can find Love Hurts on Twitter and Instagram at lovehurtspod, and our website is lovehurtspod.com. I'm Brian Berlin, and this is Love Hurts. Love Hurts.